0: Before we get to the show, we have a request. The media as you knew it is dead. Fox is dead. So don't turn it on and listen to it in the afternoon and during the evening hours till you go to bed, as most people used to do in the living room. Support free media. There's not many channels out there. There's the Epic Times, Gateway Pundit, a few others, but there's CDM. We are a growing global media conglomerate. We have websites and reporters all over the world, 12 at last count. The Colorado Free Press is coming on next week. And we're opening another paper in Montana after that. So the cavalry is coming, but we need your support. We have a no ad subscription. It's 10 bucks a month. You don't see any ads. We know people don't like ads on their phones. They don't like pop-ups. Well, you can do something about it. So when you're sitting around the fire when you're older and your grandchild asks you, what did you do during the great people's war, Papa? You can tell them I helped CD media and I helped free media save the Republic. So go to our channels go to cdm.press, go to the Georgia Record, go to wherever you can find CD Media. We have a lot of websites and simply sign up for our no ad subscription. It's 10 bucks a month. It's not a lot. There's a discount for an annual subscription. So help us out, support free media and do something. You know, there was 3% that did something during the American Revolution. Be the 3%, help CD Media get our no ad subscriptions. Thank you. Welcome to the Georgia 2024 show. We've got a packed show today, so we're going to move right through it. We've got some breaking news here shortly. I want to remind you and, and, and just uh, reinforce to get our no ad subscriptions as we discussed in the ad. But also go to MyPillow.com. Get the sliders for the summer. They're fantastic. They'll last forever. Mike's got a great price. Use promo code CDM and uh, take care of your family and uh, support free media at the same time. Promo code CDM at MyPillow.com. First, uh, we have Chris Gleason and I wanna bring him right in. Chris, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on, Todd. So you've been on with us multiple times and you have cracked and basically caught the election fraud cartel in Florida, Uh, but that has now moved into Georgia. So tell us what you found in Florida from the 30,000 foot and then move into what you found in Georgia.
1: Sure. So we found here in Florida,
0: um, these blank ballot
1: uh, issues. And that led us into machine reports, and it led us into um, a legal battle over obtaining audit logs of the machines and of the electronic voting systems. Um, They have been fighting us tooth and nail here in Florida over these reports, claiming critical election infrastructure exemptions and a bunch of other trade secrets and a bunch of nonsense. Um, Ultimately though, um, we know Uh, that there is significant problems um, with the machines here in Florida. So uh, yesterday. Well, let
0: me jump in. uh, And what you found was the blank ballots. And again, our audience has heard this, but they were were counting up to 20% in some jurisdictions ballots cast as blank and then changing them to what the software thought they should be. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. So essentially what we have are massive error rates Mm -hmm. that far exceed that of um, what is allowable under the EAC guidelines mm-hmm. and Florida. Mm-hmm. So fun fact, uh, the EAC guideline for maximum allowable error rate is one and 250,000. Um, Florida, I have recently found has an even higher uh, requirement, which is one in 1 million. And which is why we know for a fact uh, based on what we're seeing elsewhere, that you know, they're hiding this data from us. So,
0: so 20% error rate is a little higher than one in 1 million, right?
1: Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> I would say so.
0: Yeah. So go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting. I just yeah, wanted crazy. to
1: follow yeah. you. Yeah. So um, yesterday, uh, the good people of uh, Georgia shared with me some of the S-logs. The, they're, they're called S-logs. Mm -hmm. and uh system logs i started uh taking a look at them and i was in the first lock about three minutes and i i was blown away with how many errors that were logged in the log (laughs) Mm -hmm. and as i started going through um i was like oh look at this there's a communications device here oh look uh, we don't have uh, um, we don't have encryption verification. We don't have key verification here, there, and you know uh, what we were seeing is uh, image uh, ballot images being deleted. We were seeing quite a bit of uh, interesting stuff that would call into question the whole uh, validity of the use of machines at all in the state of Georgia or in the state of Florida, or in the state of Arizona, or Wisconsin, or anyone else, anywhere else for that matter. Yeah. So, um, really crazy stuff. Um, you know, we saw some, uh, some discussion of these logs in the past week in the Arizona case, where they had found um, evidence of misfeasance and malfeasance by election administrators when they compared the the S-logs to the uh, recorded video. So I believe that we're going to see a lot more stuff coming out. Um, This is, this is a really troubling thing if you think about it, right? Because in every County that I've looked in now in Georgia, I'm seeing um error rates on these machines that far exceed what's legally permissible.
0: Yeah. So essentially as in Florida you found out how they do how they're doing it and you caught them red-handed. Yeah. Correct?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We 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 I think we're at the point now where people really need to be demanding that uh, the machine use ends. Yeah. Cuz it can't be they can't be trusted.
0: And you've got Governor Kemp out there saying, well, they're not connected to, connected to the Internet. I mean, that's just not a true statement, correct?
1: You know, a lot of these elected officials like to say that or selected officials, as we'd like to call them. Right. Um, but what we see is their claim of not being connected to the Internet is really a claim that it's just not not true because mm-hmm. they're, they're essentially using a VPN, a virtual private network. And anybody, when you're using expired um, software and firmware and uh, and such like we found here in Florida, okay, um, you can't have a secure system. I mean, in Florida, you know, they're still using uh, machines and systems run on Windows 7 and mm-hmm. server, Microsoft Server 2008 they're using um, FTP software that, you know, is probably about, you know, eight years old and very far outside of the scope of what's acceptable because, you know, what happens is software changes because they find these security exploits, right? So they, you get a revision. And what we're looking at here in Florida is you know, you have network appliances like certain Cisco equipment that you know it was last updated, you know, um, seven years ago. A lot of lots happened in seven years, you know, That's-
0: yeah. So, you've got, I mean, we have multiple cases going on in Georgia, uh, but you have had a lot of legal activity in Florida. Tell us about your recent case and what happened with the in the court. So, we Uh,
1: We sued, or I sued, the Pinellas County Supervisor of Elections um, over getting access to uh, a particular file uh, or files and or reports. And the Pinellas County Supervisor of Elections um, lied. Mm -hmm. She perjured herself. And essentially, they presented a fraud to the court. They misspoke. They misled the judge in her affidavit, her sworn affidavit. They made a lot of fraudulent claims. And um, it appears that uh, that the court using those fraudulent claims is now claiming that uh, that we don't I don't have a right to get access to uh, certain reports because um there's a uh, there's claiming that uh, a ten thousand um, dollar service fee to uh, charge me to redact something that has no redactions needed um, is an acceptable thing. Yeah. So we're uh, we're going to be fighting this. And continuing to fight her.
0: So essentially they said, we're not going to give you the reports because you won't pay the 10 grand. And, uh, and, and it's not yours to have anyway. And we trust the other side and that's it. Is that, that's essentially
1: what they're saying. And they're saying that there was no redacted information because that's what they were told. Yeah. That was false. Yeah. So we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're fighting this. And the fight, this fight is not over yet. Not by a long shot.
0: So for the people of Georgia, um, obviously the machines are nefarious and we need to get rid of them. Any suggestions on how to go about that in Georgia? What's been successful? What's not been? um, What do you think needs to happen?
1: Well, they need to decertify all these machines, first and foremost, because they're not secure. And the organizations that laid out the groundwork for their security center, uh, the Center for Internet Security, Is really a partisan leftist organization by Pierre Omadier, who Mm -hmm. um, participated in, you know, this uh, the Act Blue money laundering operation and countless other um, conspiracies to overthrow our elections through Mm -hmm. the setup of these fake organizations like uh, SEER and the Florida Supervisors of Elections, Inc., And, you know, so what we're really seeing is a true overthrow of our constitutional republic by a handful of billionaires who are participating in major government fraud. So, you know, this organization's um, Center for Internet Security. Right. What they did is they held themselves out to be a nonpartisan organization um, for election security that CISA gets uh, its information, its well-vetted information from. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, where um, the Center for Internet Security gets their money from, gets their money from people like George Soros and Pierre Omadier, and they get it from government contracts. They get it from government grants. So here you have an organization, okay, that... Is funded by government money to keep our election secure, but they're not keeping our election secure. They're not discussing how um, they're using Windows Seven machines or Win or Server Two Thousand Eight machines, which reach end of life, you know, before the Twenty Twenty elections, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then, if you had the audacity to question the results. Of uh, these elections, then they labeled you a conspiracy theorist and deplatformed you on yeah. their blacklist, yeah. which which Elon Musk has uh, since uh, discussed. But it's still going on, and they're still doing this. And if we don't get rid of these machines and go to paper ballots with hand counts and get rid of the vote by mail fraud, it's a wrap.
0: Yeah. What, how can people help you? What do you um, well there's one place, let me just say that the, uh, we are uh, sending people to, to raise money for legal efforts in Georgia and Florida and really across the nation. It's the So if you want to support uh, the warriors who are the tip of the spear and help fund attorneys to help fight this, go to the and it's a C3 and you can get a tax donation. For putting money into that organization, which is going to fund lawsuits like what you're doing, et cetera. But how else can people help you, Chris?
1: Well, um, I have a, a Substack where I'm posting stuff, so subscriptions to the Substack will be great. Um, mm-hmm. It's an Immutable Truth Elections got mm-hmm. Substack, and uh, I'm on Twitter, so you can find me there at Immutable Chris T.
0: Excellent, Chris. Thank you. We'll have you back, I'm sure.
1: All right. I'll talk to you soon. All
0: right. Take care. So we have to get rid of the machines and move to paper ballots. And we we have the convention coming up uh, in Columbus in a few days. And I'm going to bring in my partner in crime, Bill Quinn, and talk about that a little bit. Thanks for coming on, Bill. Hey, good
2: afternoon, Todd. How are you?
0: Well, so uh, you heard Chris. Let's roll into the convention. What do you you have to say as we look for our next guest?
2: Well, so the... The issues, just like we saw with um, the funding issues, seem to be prevalent across a number of states. And Georgia continues, as we've seen before, to have a prevalent role for reasons that are beyond our understanding. And we seem to be the hotbed of a lot of these nefarious acts and the mischief that's been going on with elections and other things. So one is for delegates to make sure that they're well, uh, you know, well briefed on the latest. Um, we'll be uh, making sure this video and others are available to them. Um, while we've got everybody together, one, be willing to ask difficult questions. Um, I know that there's going to be uh, uh venues where candidates will make themselves available. One's occurring this afternoon um, with many of the candidates uh, in a Zoom meeting and and uh, be available for questions from delegates and from those attending the Zoom. Ask the questions that you th- think are relevant um, about folks' attitude and uh, willingness to push on these things and acknowledge the issues. I think that's critical at, uh, at this stage. Um, we're still uh, as, as, Chris is working, uh, and as we're, uh, working here in Georgia, we're trying to find what the solutions may be. But in the meantime, um, the first key step is acknowledging the problem and let's get people talking about it. As Excellent. we get into next week, I bet we'll have more updates and I bet we'll hear from some of the speakers about where Georgia fits in this whole schema, if you will.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're starting to get a lot of, uh, whistleblowers, for lack of a better word, coming in and and feeding information to the Georgia Record. So we want to keep that up. Uh, We'll keep your identity private if you want to. But if you know what's going on or have some information, you can contact us uh, on the Georgia Record. There's an email address. Uh, Bill, bring in our next guest. Uh,
2: Let's see. So uh, Stephanie Enders is the uh, chairperson, newly elected in the last couple of months for Fulton County's Republican Party and uh, has taken hold and is driving that organization uh, in a very, very great and new direction. Um, Many of the counties, as you know, uh, elected slates of America First candidates and Fulton was just one of them. So uh, Stephanie is a key part of that. We're delighted to have her join the uh, join the show.
0: Is she I don't see her in the backstage yet. Do you? Uh, I do
2: not as yet. If you will bear with me for a moment, I'm going to step out and I will check on things.
0: Okay. So hold on. We are live. Sorry for the uh, calls, but um, let's talk a minute about election integrity across the States. We CD media has the Miami independent. And if you're in Florida, please check us out there. Uh, We are breaking stories left and right on the DeSantis administration The GOP, what's happening in Florida on the good and the bad side? Um, A lot of we're hearing a a narrative across the country that essentially, um, you know, the GOP wants us to be united, but it's united behind certain people and not really a voice for the grassroots. So that is a challenge in Florida as well as Georgia, and uh, we really need to make sure that if you Have a voice, have something to say that you are allowed to in in a fair and transparent manner. So I think you'll be hearing more of that out of Miami in the coming days. And uh, there are court cases being filed in Miami as well as in Georgia soon. And there is Stephanie. And I'm going to bring Bill and Stephanie back in. There we go. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, how are you? Great. Uh, I'm going to let Bill take this one because he's more knowledgeable of where we're going with this interview. So go ahead, Bill.
3: Sure.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. And Stephanie, thank you for uh, joining. So uh, I understand there's a number of things going on with Fulton, um, both from the structure of the election board, but also feedback that was heard this past week. So uh, you, you take this the way you would like to. We'd like to hear the updates on what uh, the board heard from the public, um, your feelings on some of that, and then some of the go-forward plans for the uh, Fulton County Election Board.
3: So uh, I thank you both so much for allowing me this time. And I appreciate the opportunity to be able to share the importance of the Board of Registration Elections in Fulton County, Georgia. This board was created pre-2020 that basically has the, they're appointed positions that has the oversight responsibility for the actual department in Fulton County that's doing registrations and elections. So what's coming up this week is a vote. Let me back up. In section 14.33 of, um, of the Fulton County of the law for the board of the board of registration and elections, both party chairs have the, um, uh, nominate two individuals and the board of commissioners shall approve. So the vote this week should be just standard because it's in the law that we're allowed to nominate and they are to accept and then then the board is created. That way, the the county has oversight over the board as well, and awareness of who's on the board. Now, since the 2020 election, there have been many residents who've gone and pulled information um, to start looking at those voter rolls that were so infamously stated uh, about the quality. And quite honestly, the individuals who are being nominated did that as citizens, not as representatives of the Republican Party. They did as we the people. So the importance of the vote this week, I'm hearing rumblings that they're wanting to not accept individuals, but honestly, legally, I don't know how they could do that. They don't have a leg to stand on. The law is very clear. And what's exciting about the board that's coming up is that the two individuals will lend extensive oversight and governance with the rest of the board. You the Democrats are the individuals that were there before. Now we have a lawyer who, um, you know, has to, has to follow the tenants of the bar and their oath. So this seems like a very strong board that will be able to manage and help write the data issues that exist. It isn't necessary. This is not about election denial. What happened at 2020 opened up a lot of people's eyes and the quality of the voter lists, um, were suspect. And there were many, many issues To the point of the initial ones, where there are records in there with no first name or last name. So these are the types of challenges that were presented, and honestly, the staff just needed to make those changes. And the individuals that go before the board, on their time, their dime, they did all this work to look at these lists. So one of the individuals, Jason Frazier, he had over twenty-five thousand challenges. It's probably more than that, and over ninety-eight percent were accepted. So that kind of, and it's not as if he directs staff as to how to manage it. He just presented his findings and they agreed and the the voter rolls should have been adjusted. These are just basic things. So there's no issue about where some of the I've read some of the articles in the paper and and where these um, these individuals got their facts. I don't know, because everything that happens before that board is public record and they could have researched it. And, you know, there's no voter intimidation. How can you vote intimidated a record that has no name? first or last, or they have 11 records, or they have just some miscellaneous things. Those things should have been handled by staff. There's no reason to have to go to the voters. They're just errors, fix them. And it prompted the board itself to do their own analysis. And they came back, I believe, two meetings ago, and the staff presented another 40,000 plus records that needed to be changed. So at the end of the day, to me, this sounds more like a data mismanagement issue and to have residents who are willing to do this on their own time, not having to pay staff and then to have to present to the board and it's all public record and transparent seems to me how all of this is supposed to work as it's defined in the law.
2: Yeah. One of the things that I think often gets lost in these discussions is, you know, the folks are uh, that claim in these hearings that, you know, somehow this is suppressing certain people's votes. Perhaps they're forgetting that their own vote is being impacted when and if, you know, folks are ca- or registrations are being allowed to cast votes and the registrations are clearly improper with, without a name, without an address, without a proper address and so forth. Um, right. Following this segment, we're going to have a, a taped segment for with Jason and he'll talk about some of the things he's found. One of the things that uh, came out just this past week was testimony before the Gwinnett Board of, it, of uh, Elections from their election superintendent, Zach Manifold, disclosing that this new system that uh, Brad Raffensperger brought in over the past year, Jarvis, um, is apparently producing erroneous information. And so the the work and the possibility of uh, what you're hoping to accomplish with the Fulton board becomes even more valuable and critical because now there's a new source of apparently erroneous data showing up so uh, an amazing step forward we what were your thoughts on the the public comments that were heard in this last meeting i mean they seem to people seem to be complaining yet they they seem to use a lot of common language almost like they've been um i don't know coached perhaps or led into a particular way of thinking
3: The one where Lee Morris had been recommended and they ended up nominating someone else.
2: That and lots of election denier talk Um, and and all that kind of stuff popping up over and over and over again. It seemed almost to be practiced in some ways.
3: Well, it's well, the group of people who spoke and, you know, I think it's great that individuals can come and give public comment and speak. My takeaways were it was interesting because you definitely had individuals who are coming from organizations that. We're Democrat. Great. You're getting out the vote. You're supported by the Democrat Party. Many of them came up and said, you know, that they were from the organization. But at the end of the day, this board is nonpartisan. Elections is nonpartisan. Elections are we the people, we the people Mm -hmm. of the United States, we the people of the state of Georgia, we the people of Fulton County. That's not party specific. And the fact that they want the board to be aligned with one party is concerning. Many of them are organizations that are not for profits that are not supposed to be partisan. Yes, they yet they spoke and they were partisan. Mm-hmm. Um, there were also, where you really heard it, where there were actually citizens who got up who clearly were Democrat. They said that they supported the decision. However, they said, we really needed to be given the appropriate notice and information so that we could have reviewed oh. and opined. And that's the critical piece because Commissioner Thorne, had said she would have liked because they presented that name right there at the board because they're not supposed to be doing business behind the scenes. And she all but was patted on the head and told that, well, the right people had the notice and they were informed and that's all that mattered. And it's those kinds of comments related to Mm -hmm. elections that are emotional in nature and that create issue. And a lot of that name calling is set up to divide us when at the end of the day, rational individuals don't want to be broken down into party. They want to know that their rights are protected and that they are able to vote and have a fair and free election. And when you have all that partisan talk, that creates more stir. And the individuals that got up to make those comments um, about not having appropriate notice as residents and reminding the board that they worked for the people, that's the truth. You can be a Democrat, you can be a Republican, but you were elected to represent everyone in the county, not just the people in your party and the decisions that you make affect everyone and everyone's voices matter. So giving everyone appropriate notice and being able to share that information, the result could have been the same. But when that happens and every time somebody gets up and makes that comment, you know that trust is whittling away ever so slowly because we the people realize we're not being involved in the decisions. That was my takeaway.
0: Stephanie, in, in your position, do you, do you have any interaction? I'm curious with some of the other local media in Atlanta. I mean, are they giving you a fair shake? Are they asking you the right questions? Are, are you getting stories that you information that you would like out?
3: Um, you mean like the Atlanta Journal? Uh, well, or,
0: or even the, some of the local, paper, you know, uh, around Fulton or Atlanta. I mean, like, the you know, little neighborhood. I mean, are you are you getting any inquiries as to what's what's important for the Republican Party or anything like that?
3: Not about the Republican Party. I did get inquiries specifically last last week or the week before because they were already starting their process to go after the candidates that we're excited to present. Um, Mm -hmm. And I had one reach out to me from the AJC who wrote a paper, wrote an article about it and really um, very concerning about the way that it was written, very slanderous, in my opinion. Mm um about Mm -hmm. jason but he sent me an email wanting to talk to me but he's laid out facts and wanted me to refute and at the the end of the day that if you're not going to do your own homework and you've already written your story then you don't i don't need to talk to you but i haven't heard from i think i heard from wsb Mm -hmm. on something else weeks ago but again it was the same thing and not from anybody else no
0: i just think a lot of these um Mockingbird media outlets have become almost irrelevant in, in my eyes, and and there's, you know, I think they're losing audience. But uh, what else do you have for uh, for Stephanie, Bill?
2: Well, so uh, let's assume that this goes forward, as it as it certainly sounds like per the lot should. What what do you expect um, the the board and Jason specifically will be able to discern as we go forward, or is it too early to try to speculate on that?
3: I I mean, ultimately, the position would be the same. He's as powerful, if not more powerful, not being on the board because he'd be able to spend 100 percent of his time researching. Um, But on the board, he'll definitely have a learning curve. He'll be able to, um, you know, talk to staff, start understanding some of the processes behind the scenes. He'll be able to, which is probably part of some of the concerns. But but at the end of the day, it's it's all public It should be outwardly anyway. And what's also interesting, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but Commissioner Hausman had requested an audit after the 2020, a functional audit of the department, and -hmm. it came back with nine major deficiencies. They weren't safeguarding dollar assets. They weren't safeguarding just the business side, business assets. Um, Bills were being paid hundreds of thousand dollars more than were in the purchase requisitions Things of that nature. And they came back, and in the same meeting where they talked about having the 40,000 plus more um, voter records having errors, they gave an update on that audit. And that audit said that two of the items they cleared, but they were cleared because the legislature eliminated their ability to participate in it. So there wasn't any work, but all those items had not been resolved. And so, from my perspective as an accountant, as a CPA, Those business practices, standard operating practices and how that business is running tells more about the department and the fact that the board in and of itself did not mandate that those issues be resolved within the two years says more. To me, as a citizen and based on my profession, I'd want that board to be focusing and making sure that that department was functioning in accordance with standard operating procedures, making sure all the assets of the people are being safeguarded because that lends to the same conversation about the voter roll. The fact that all those errors were in there and again i'm not saying anybody was doing anything illegal right this is just looking at basic data if your data rules and your and your information is not accurate you can't assess the other side and 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 if the functioning of the department is not safeguarding cash not safeguarding assets not making sure that the right hand knows what the left hand is doing just in day-to-day that's some um, low-hanging fruit that can be resolved pretty quickly, and it should have been resolved by the existing board. If anybody had handed me that audit in the private sector, I would have been fired from the findings. And then if I didn't fix it, I would have been fired. Okay. So, you know, and, and the, then getting the voter rolls. So, yeah.
2: Well, again, we're, we're delighted on the progress you're making and excited to, to hear the outcome after this week. Todd? Todd?
0: thank you for coming on stephanie how can people get in touch with you or help your efforts if they need to
3: um where they should look right now for the uh, board of commissioners meeting we're putting stuff out on twitter and facebook so on twitter it's at fulton gop and on facebook it's um fulton county republican party look for the notifications there let's contact those commissioners and make sure they they appreciate the oath that they took in the law law that's there and i'm excited I'm excited about these nominees. I'm excited about the process that's coming forward. And I'm ex- I'm excited about we, the people, being able to impact positively elections. I want Fulton County to not be on the national news in a negative way. And these are easy fixes to make. And I'm excited about um, these individuals and all of us being part of that solution.
0: Thank you, Stephanie. See you next Thank time. You. All, right, all right. Thanks so right. much. So Bill, uh, we have another interview that we pre-taped. Want yep.
2: So uh, you heard Stephanie talk about Jason Frazier, who is being nominated for uh, entry onto the uh, Board of Registrations and Elections for Fulton County. So uh, we were lucky enough to track Jason down as he is traveling around the country. And uh, we will bring him on and hear his comments about what's coming up. Here he is.
0: Oh. We both hit it the same time. Joining us.
2: This afternoon, we're joined by Jason Frazier, who is an activist and has been deeply involved in working all the things that need to happen to uh, better and improve election integrity down in Fulton County. So, Jason, thank you for making time today. Thank you, Bill. So, to get us started, why don't you spend a few minutes um, like, like many folks we talked to, you know, I think a lot of us didn't really expect to be doing some of the things we're doing. So if you could catch us up uh, on how you got involved and, and what, what it is you've been working on.
4: Yeah, so I got involved in this uh, probably a little over a year and a half ago now. Uh, I ended up getting a copy of the voter rolls and, uh, and, you know, you hear things on the news, you don't know what to believe. So I, I'm kind of a guy that likes to see the raw data and, and see what's real. So I just started diving into it, and I, I, you know, the first thing I did was, you know, you always hear about dead people, so I, I just sorted the roll and and uh, and found a few few people that had passed, and uh, and and then uh, just kind of stumbled around and and started getting really good at looking at voter rolls, and uh, and it just kind of sparked my interest. whatever you see somebody that's registered twice and you you start to see some of the issues in there and and then uh and then you notice there are tens of thousands of issues on the voter rolls and uh and i'll go into some of the detail on that um but uh there, there is there is plenty of work to be done
2: now how many how many registered uh voters or registrations i should say up here in fulton county
4: um i believe it's somewhere around uh, seven hundred fifty thousand active voters and and maybe seventy or eighty thousand inactive voters. Uh, but that number kind of uh, floats around month to month. But it's it's in that ballpark.
2: And Fulton's one of the largest, if not the largest, um, county in Georgia. Is that correct? Correct. In yes. Population and registration. So so. Minnesota- right. Right. So meaningful to make sure that it's uh, as accurate as possible. So, sure. Why don't you why don't you spend a little time and and kind of characterize um, some of the things that you're finding as you've gone through this, and maybe a little bit about how long you've been you've been working on it.
4: Yeah, I've, I've spent too many hours uh, working on this to say the least. But uh, I've identified something like uh, or close to twenty thousand duplicate registrations. So, approximately ten thousand people registered two, three, four, as many as eleven times. Uh, just in Fulton County. So not even, uh, I, I just started looking at people registered in Fulton County and in another county. But of those 20,000, those are simply double registered in the county. And uh, and then uh, I've also turned in uh, about 500 people that didn't even have a date of birth on the rolls. So they put a placeholder of 1,800 or 1,900 uh, in there if they don't have a date of birth. And then oddly enough, um, almost 20% of those have birth in the past and I asked Fulton County and they don't know if they're 10 years old 12 years old or 100 years old they they don't have a birth date for these people but they're letting a vote and then I stumbled on uh, on another category that are missing address so it literally has them as uh, there will be a number in there and it will say missing address street so they don't even know where their address is so how they they can't mail them out a precinct card but they're in the rolls and you, you have to have an address bill but uh, but they're, they're putting them in there. And then one of my other favorite ones is missing names. There's literally a person in there that was named No Name No Name, and another one named Missing Missing, and then people missing a first name or a last name. And oddly enough, Mr. Missing Missing voted in the runoff election in, after 2020. So on January 5th, they voted. So how on earth somebody with no name in the rolls voted, I don't know. But uh, Fulton County doesn't like to respond to those kind of questions. And then, uh, and then somebody,
2: sorry, they were, yeah, I was gonna reject that they 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 heard public comment a couple of weeks ago, and people were talking about, uh, oh gosh, this is all these are all you know fictitious problems, there's nothing here, and yet what what you're saying sounds astounding. How could somebody with without a proper name still be uh, allowed to vote? Um, and and First place, why would they be still in the role? That seems remarkable.
4: And, and how did they ever get entered into the roles without a name, an address, a birthday? Because all of those items are required by law. And uh, and another one I stumbled into were uh, were fake addresses. And I accidentally found that category because I, I happened to uh, be looking at uh, it was Lee Street Southwest in downtown Atlanta, very industrial area. There are some residences, but a lot of businesses. And I found uh, a lot of addresses that aren't tied to any kind of a building. They're just a made-up address. Like one of them, Google Maps puts the dot on the Highway 20 overpass. You know, nobody lives on the overpass. That's not a house. Sorry. But then uh, one of the, uh, Aaron Johnson, the uh, one of the Democrats on the board, actually voted down removing those fake addresses. It's not a house. And a lot of these, I couldn't even find a person tied to this non-existent house. Um, so, again, you have to have an address. You can't just make up addresses. But uh, from there, I found thousands of fake addresses. Some are typos. And, and if I can find a real address for the typo, I'll put that in there in the submission. Because, you know, sometimes there is a mistake. If they're not checking, they can typo something, but correct it. So that way that person doesn't have an issue in the future. And I've asked them to correct these, but uh, Fulton County doesn't like to make the corrections unless I force their hand with a challenge. Otherwise they ignore everything I said, which is quite frustrating. Um, And then the other one, uh, business addresses, go ahead.
2: I was gonna say, wasn't it uh, a couple of months ago, Fulton uh, heard about some of these problems. And claimed that they were doing a, a remarkable job keeping the roles up to date, accurate, clear. And yet many of the very people that, that came to defend themselves found the issues and and had to have their records changed during the meeting, if I recall correctly. And so uh, and later in the That's meeting correct. they announced and later in the meeting they announced a new program to help clean the roles that they just got through saying were ultra clean already. So there yeah. seems to be a, a disconnect of some of some type in uh, Fulton County, certainly.
4: Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with it, but yet we're going to hire a third party that's going to help us clean up no, no issues. We got it.
2: Yeah. So one of the things that I find, you know, re- interesting in all of this, you know, people complain about having to come and speak to their, uh, you know, to uh, defend themselves, if you will. But what you're describing are registrations that are not people. They're registrations, probably for somebody that's erroneous. C- certainly, a person can't—they uh, can't have multiple registrations, and they can't exist more than once. So, who right. could be, you know, complaining about? Oh well, I—I I don't want to let my other registrations go. But nobody seems to be showing up saying, "Oh no, I have ten registrations." So those are those are clear examples. It sounds like of registrations that are not a person. You're not you're not challenging Correct. people. You're challenging the registration process. Isn't that, isn't that a fair kind of characterization?
4: Absolutely, absolutely. And and I'm challenging the process. You know, Fulton County shouldn't be registering you if you say you live in a PO box. Nobody fits in that little box. That's illegal to register there. So they should be screening these going in. They should be checking to see if you're already registered five times, you know, don't, don't register the sixth time, but uh, Fulton County is really dropping the ball on this.
2: Was it, it was Fulton County too, that uh, the, the, the case challenging or, or asking for visibility to their uh, ballots was taken up to uh, the Supreme Court and then uh, turned back and is now being reconsidered, as I recall, in, in Fulton Superior Court. Is that right?
4: That's correct. Yeah, Do that one. Have, uh,
2: Do we have any news on that as yet, or is that still uh, coming up for a hearing?
4: I, I believe it's still coming up for a hearing. I haven't uh, haven't heard anything new on that recently. But the fact that it's moving forward is, uh, gives us a lot of hope that we'll, we'll see what's truly happening.
2: And then the other thing that came to light uh, this past week was concerns about the uh, – the Jarvis system that was announced uh, over a year ago, and apparently was put into place um, uh, in, uh, in the first uh, portion of 2022, it lasted for all of two weeks and had to be taken back down again. Apparently, according to the election director in Gwinnett, it was relaunched in February, February 1st of this year. And is still producing erroneous data. There, uh, Gwinnett is reporting they can't issue a precinct card because the data cannot be gotten out of Jarvis uh, in a correct uh, manner. And uh, I think the the key quote from Fold uh, was, um, "We're in, we're in a place, and I'm I'm paraphrasing a bit, but we're in a place where I'm not comfortable holding an election yet, given the status of the system. So uh, these are concerning things." And, and doubly troubling when you consider that the data starting out uh, as is being accepted apparently by Fulton, may be be, uh, flawed as it goes into the system and certainly is based on what you're finding in the system.
4: Yes, and and I get uh, new voter rolls all the time and the post-Jarvis transition voter rolls, just like what you're hearing, they're riddled with issues. I mean, date last voted, for example, my own registration shows that I didn't vote last year, and uh, and you know a lot of these have a wrong date last voted. They have a lot of the other issues in them. So essentially, the data when it got transferred over is not not accurate. So that's just what I'm finding. I can only imagine what these other folks are seeing.
2: On a on another call uh, earlier in the week, one of the things that was reported was, I'm not even sure how to characterize it. They said that uh, data had been corrected, and a few days later showed up again in error, in other words, had been changed back to something that was now wrong again. I'm not sure any of us can sit here and explain what might be happening, but that sounds unbelievably concerning. Catastrophic, I think, is the term, term somebody used on that call. So <clears throat> as we go forward, um, that will be another struggle in this. So speaking of going forward, um, what, what plans are in place to – Fulton's got a lot of work to do um do you and my understanding is there may be things that you and others can uh and are getting involved with to help clean the process going forward can you spend a few minutes on that
4: yeah yeah so uh um on the seventh there's there's going to be a vote on the from the board of commissioners on uh, on myself and mike keegan to possibly place us on the fulton county board of Elections. And from there, I mean that uh, that would allow me to see some of the issues. Why, you know, why fake addresses are being entered into the roles? Why missing, 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 and no name, no name are being added to the role? Kind of where where these issues are happening? Is it just clerical errors? Is it misinfa- uh, People not being fully trained on their jobs? Is it uh, is is there a group that's systematically adding people? I don't know. I've been asking these questions over and over. And my understanding is their system says who adds people to the roles, but, uh, but they won't answer those questions. I, I think that's because they don't want to give the answer to those questions. But uh, it seems to me like any system, whether it was banking, whether it's a factory, you want to know where issues are being generated so you can head them off and have a clean system You know, in, in the end. If you're not looking at why issues are created, you're going to keep repeating those. And uh, in one of the uh, one of the voter challenge hearings, it was even mentioned on the record that we don't check to see if people register to vote when we register them to vote. So that's where these duplicates come in. And they were not checking to see if it, somebody lives at a UPS store. They just register everyone. So you know, changing the process, understanding the process is the number one. So hopefully, if I if I'm able to get in there, I'll be able to see the process, document the process, start to finish. And all I want are clean rules so we can have clean elections. And if you right size the voter rolls, that that'll save hundreds of thousands of dollars because every extra registration, like the guy that was registered 11 times, that costs taxpayers that adds extra polling equipment that adds extra precincts and, and costs us a lot of money. So that doesn't disenfranchise on anyone to only let you vote one time. So that's that's really what I'm trying to do.
2: So, uh, it, if um, and assuming you get into that role, so you would have the same access and visibility to other people that are currently on the, the election board going forward. You got it. You got it. Wow. Okay. That would that would be an amazing step forward, especially for Fulton Fulton County. Um,
4: yeah. And I and I don't want to be making these challenges. I would much rather them not exist.
2: That's right. I mean, the key the key going forward is to have a clean voter roll that everybody can rely on. It, it benefits everybody, doesn't it?
3: One of the Absolutely. things that I
2: noted uh, when when the issues on Jarvis came out was um, the election supervisor from Gwinnett was willing to speak publicly about it, <clears throat> but very few other counties had even mentioned the problem. And uh, again, yeah. other venues, other venues, folks had. Had I'll call them private conversations with their election officials, um, and at least in some cases, yes, they had they had admitted, yeah, we're seeing the problem um, in various forms, but few, if any, were willing to speak about it publicly because you know they consider it a risk to their own position or or certainly their credibility, um, as it yeah. as it's their responsibility to make sure things are running properly. So. Um, I understand yeah. that. I think um, in in other calls we've sent the message out and, and encourage folks. You know, be courageous. If you see problems, uh, be willing to to voice them. And if you're if you're not involved in the process, ask. You know, ask at your election board meeting, whatever county you're in. Are you seeing these problems um, with this Jarvis yeah. system? Is it producing erroneous data? Be willing to ask the question. Um, and hopefully, those those boards and the election supervisors and directors will um, respond in in uh, in uh, truth and explain what they're saying, and uh, then we can put uh, steps in place to you know put uh, a fire, as it were, under the secretary of state's office to do what's necessary to get past this. So, yeah, hopefully, yeah. that will be, that will be taken up as a gauntlet in the coming days as well.
4: Um, Absolutely.
2: Any other initiatives that you're involved with, or any other observations you see going on that uh, that folks should be aware of?
4: Um, well, I mean, the main thing, like I said, is is uh, just why are why are all these issues being added to the rules? Why why is nobody looking at them? And uh, and then with this article that came out, essentially calling me an election denier, and and causing all of this cost um in in hassle for fulton county to to work on the maintaining the roles you know by law they're supposed to be maintaining the roles if they're not i'm free labor helping them to identify these issues um so that's that's the main thing i've been working on i have been working with some other folks in the state and uh, and across the country to help everyone you know i show them what i've learned they show me what they've learned and there's no reason we can't collaborate and and it should be for the greater good we should all want clean voter rolls so I've been uh, very passionate and just trying to trying to get that to happen, and it should be bipartisan, in my opinion. I mean, everybody should want one person one vote, but uh, for some reason in Fulton County that's been a struggle, and I don't fully understand it. I mean, winning winning the race is is one thing, but letting somebody vote twice is a whole different animal, and that that shouldn't be acceptable.
2: I think hopefully people will begin to understand that those kind of dynamics, if in fact that's what's happening, or if in in some case some registration is being used, maybe not by the person that we even think it's being used by, but it's being used inappropriately, it hurts everybody regardless of it party, does. regardless of their position. So all right. Well I yeah, appreciate I've... appreciate the time. Any uh, any closing thoughts, Jason?
4: No, no, I really it. Appreciate your time, and uh, and I hope uh, people will support this initiative, and uh, and we can improve Fulton County.
2: Okay, that's great. In the meantime, um, can they provide some uh, feedback that's appropriate to Fulton to encourage them to move forward with this election board initiative? Do you think?
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Anyone that uh, that has an opinion on this, I'd, I'd love it if they would email the Fulton County Board of Commissioners or uh, go down there on the next meeting on the seventh and and speak publicly and uh, and let them know what they think about this. And uh, and hopefully there will be enough people to support clean elections and, and support cleaning up the voter rolls that they'll see uh, see a reason for for me to be out there. That sounds
2: good. That's right. that's my goal. We would like you to come back. Um, after uh you know after this transpires we'll we'll hopefully hear good news and uh will will you be going to the uh to the convention in another week
4: yes i I will be there my wife and I just bought our tickets a couple of days ago so we'll we'll be seeing you there
2: that sounds great well we will be uh, we'll be both covering it and participating so uh thank you again for the time we'll look forward to seeing you um in the coming weeks and uh uh with that we will uh, we'll move on thank you very, thank you again jason
0: great interview bill so um did i lose you are you there no no i'm good okay so we got mallory staples coming on now i'm gonna bring her in since we're uh it's a long show today but it's packed mallory thank you for joining us
5: hey guys absolutely thanks for having me
0: so you're back again um how, what do you see as we close into the convention? What What are the big issues you're, you're, you're facing at this point?
5: Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I haven't gone over all the resolutions with a fine tooth comb, mm-hmm. um, for us high level. Um, we're obviously to piggyback on, um, Jason's interview, Election integrity, you know, encouraging people to get out, get involved, which was 70% newcomers to the convention. Um, I'd say we're achieving that very nicely Um, with the grassroots. You know, we focus tons of our effort there. Um, The change that we want to see with the Freedom Caucus at this point, um, the catalyst for that and the insurance of that for us really is the grassroots rather than the legislators under the dome. Um, We are creating the pressure to hopefully encourage these folks to um, vote conservatively. I mean, it's not complicated. Lord knows Um, Mm -hmm. just, you know, follow the, the, the party platform would be fantastic. Um, So um, yeah, I think unity within the GOP is something that we're always looking to champion. There's been a lot of change, you know, Kemp's kind of stepping out, doing a little bit of his own thing. Um, We've got newcomers in. So I just think uh, getting everybody on the same page and um, everybody pushing in the right direction for the 2024 election is going to be imperative.
0: There seems to be a uh, you mentioned Kemp and, you know, he's behind some other organizations and there's some other ones popping up. What what do you think? What do you make of that when? There's a there, there's a narrative. You could make a narrative that the grassroots are getting more involved and therefore people that have been in power are trying to find other ways to maintain their power and, and to not let others have a voice. I mean, does that.
5: I think you pretty much summed it up. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, you know, we're always going up against, you know, leadership money. Mm-hmm. as grassroots, as, you know, mm-hmm. the non-establishment folks. And mm-hmm. I think it seemed, I think it was a little bit shocking that he actually did it, but it pretty much seems in keeping with um, the, re, you know, the division between the grassroots conservatives and the folks that have been running the show for so long. So I think you actually summed it up perfectly.
2: Mallory, I think, in, I think you've uh, espoused uh, accountability pretty consistently over the past, Year and especially through this last uh, legislative session, I think uh, I recall hearing that uh, after a couple things happened, the legislators saw all the folks showing up and and weighing in on some of the uh, bills and went, "Holy smokes, what's going on?" So uh, continuing that forward is going to be critical. You you had some uh, amazing announcements this week. Why don't you why don't you share those in terms of your uh, your scorecard announcement?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Accountability is our only way out of this mess. And one of the ways that we're really serving the citizens uh, as the Georgia Freedom Caucus here in the state is to provide them with information, make it easily accessible. Nobody has the time. I mean, a lot of the legislator legislators will even admit that they don't read all the bills. And so just okay. those types of data scrapes are very labor intensive. They take a lot of time. It takes a mind that is used to reading legislation and understands and can kind of cut through all that. So, um, uh, and, and um, equipped, Wiser uh, citizen is a friend of the Georgia Freedom Caucus. And so that's how we serve. So, in an effort to do that, we created scorecards, and a lot of the larger conservative organizations do do that. You know, John Birch Society, Faith and Freedom, YAL, Club for Growth, you know, it's, it's common, but we hadn't done it before being so young. And this was our second session. And so, our legislative director, Blake Bassham, work tirelessly on that. I mean, it took months because we use so many votes. We took a cumulative 44 vote um, metric for that. A lot of organizations use somewhere between seven to eight, maybe nine votes. And we wanted it to be, I think the GRA is like us and that they've, they've used a larger database like that, but most do not. Hmm. So we wanted to create a bird's eye view for people to see patterns because we understand that Every legislator, even the ones in the Georgia Freedom Caucus, can take a bad vote here and there for you know different reasons. So we weren't interested in doing that more narrow uh, peak. We wanted to have it be a a much larger um, visual for people. So we took uh, 44 votes, and we scored every single legislator, Democrat and Republican alike, in the House and the Senate. And we have posted those on the Georgia Freedom Caucus Substack. Linked them on all our social media platforms. They're on my Substack as well, and all my social media platforms with the um, network. And then we had so many people request the actual spreadsheet that we went ahead and posted um, that as well. It's a super granular look at what we did, but um, a lot of people wanted it. So we've done that. So I think that's going to be one of the things that is our legacy here is that. Um, we report like that and we make it very easy, not just my newsletter throughout session where we hit kind of the, the bigger bills and let people know what's going on, but that at the end of session, we can provide that because it is invaluable come election season, which we're believe it or not. I mean, time flies, not too far from, we want people to have that saved on their phone. You know, I started receiving emails about a month ago from folks all over the state saying, these these guys, these representatives are already asking us for money. you know we're already starting to get the mm-hmm. please fund my reelection campaign and they said, we're not giving you a dime till we know what your score was with the Georgia. <laughs> Freedom Caucus, which was amazing. So um, I was just, where was I last week? I can't remember. I was in a county, and they were like, we need to primary our senator and both our reps. I was like, let's do it. You know, let's do it. So I I do think it's really invaluable and helpful for the people come election time, for sure.
0: Let me ask you this. We're big here at the Georgia Record on not looking at what people are saying, but actually what they've done in the past. And one of the issues you were big on was the mental health bill with 520. And I don't know if you saw in Florida where uh, Christina Pushaw, who works for DeSantis, actually threatened Laura Loomer, a journalist with use of the Baker Act, which in Florida is you can put somebody uh, for COVID or whatever. I'm not sure the exact parameters of the bill, but you can put somebody in a mental hospital if you don't like, if, 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 if they have some kind of mental problem it basically, the similar to what five twenty was saying where two anonymous people in the initial cut could put somebody in in prison or in a mental hospital. And with your focus on five twenty, I mean, I think past votes for people really need to look at what how people voted and what oh, versus what they say
5: absolutely. And I mean, t- you' brought up a great point. That is existing code in Georgia. Um, yeah. that that's on the books like ten thirteen. The, you know, two, it was two anonymous affidavits and mm-hmm. they removed the anonymous piece. Um, mm-hmm. To a judge can bring you in for years of your life, really, without ever being charged for anything. You can be held. And mm-hmm. um, that, that is, I think, the most terrifying, obviously terrifying piece of this mental health uh, campaign that they've got going here because it is an open door um, for Democrats. Marxists, you -hmm. know progressives whatever you want to call them to be weaponized against folks that they just don't agree with and that is the culture in our country we've lost debate you know i got asked to go on a podcast to defend the other side on 520 and some things that happened and they called me to be sure i knew that i was going to be talking with people that didn't agree with me and i said absolutely i'm happy to do that like our country Mm -hmm. was founded on debate why we Mm -hmm. are not you know, it's not accepted to do that anymore. It's perfectly fine. You can disagree with me and I can disagree with you and we can talk about it with the camera on. I mean, this is how it's supposed to happen. Um, So yeah, it is. I mean, the fact that the woman threatened her with it, that is the right word uh, because it is a weapon. It is something that's, you know, can pretty easily be used to remove dissenters. And so for me, you know, I found, the fact that Mary Margaret Oliver and Todd Jones, um, the two authors of that bill, you know, I find it offensive. And, you know, the the NAMI army behind them and Pharma mm-hmm. and Kevin Tanner and, you know, who runs that organization. I it, It's offensive. It literally is offensive to me when Republicans, I mean, Mary Margaret Oliver gets off on that one. But mm-hmm. when they should have been trying to get rid of that existing code, they should have no. been trying to protect the citizens as Republicans from this type of you know, unchecked, um, unmeasured um, action that can be taken Journey. against citizen. Journey. They yeah. should have been trying to get rid of that, uh, that code. And instead they came back and doubled down on it. And hear me right yeah. now, they're going to do it again. I mean, yeah. they're going to do it again. They're already doing it. And so um, that should be absolutely offensive to, you know, like Jason was just saying this, the election integrity issue should be bipartisan. This should be bipartisan. Sure. Even if you vote Democrat, it should scare the ever-loving life out of you. that That's possible for somebody to do that.
0: To threaten the journalist, um, because yes. obviously the journalist was over the target. So, say we're going to put you... Threaten, I mean, literally say we're going to use the Baker Act against you and put you in prison oh. if you don't stop talking the wrong way. I mean, that's... Yeah, it should horrific. be a
5: wake-up call. Yeah,
0: so people need to look at did people support the mental health bill? What are their What are their views? I mean, and, and what is their voting record? And make a decision on that, not what they're saying as they go into the convention. That was my That's
5: opinion. right. That mental health yeah. vote and um, the budget are, are really yeah. big. You know, one, the money, the money, the money.
2: One more thing on this before we move on to the debate, the notion of this being floating around is not over. Um, you mentioned it just a moment ago that it's going to come back. But one of the things I, I seem to see going on is they're trying to get out in front of it. There's a bus tour is my understanding. They're going around and pitching. Oh, well, this is needed in, in Georgia. And I'm thinking, wow, we're spending money, sending people around the, around the state, trying to convince people that there's, you know, mentally ill folks that are not getting uh, appropriate treatment and so forth and setting ourselves up. But is it about those folks or is it about a forthcoming bill? And uh, to your point, I think I see, people being ready to pivot from being reactive to these things to being proactive on the right side. So getting out in front of it and saying, folks, think, you know, does this make sense that this is such a high priority? And have you actually looked at the details of what it can do uh, versus what they are telling you it can do so maybe we
0: should do should do some ambulance chasing bill and follow the bus tour around and well
2: i recall in uh in in mallory's credit I, yeah. I recall mallory is planning on on making a number of stops this coming uh, or this year as we as we get toward the next session and maybe I'm that's everywhere. maybe that's part of that discussion and uh, maybe maybe what? we can help support that so just wanted to put that that bug out there back to,
0: yes.
5: back to you guys Yes. So uh,
0: anything else you want the audience to know? Mallory, sorry, we're going long today, but uh, what else do you want people to know about? No, how, that's how great. I mean, you? I would
5: love to encourage everybody in Fulton County to show up, you know, Wednesday night for our commissioner's meeting and um, support the, um, the Fulton GOP and their nominations. And I mean, it's just a great time. This is an easy lift if you're in Fulton County and you want to get involved and feel like you're not doing a lot. Um, this is your moment show up. I'm, I'm going to do a, a media hit on it tonight, uh, to encourage mm. everybody to come and then, um, yeah, no, just keep doing it. We're getting ready to mount. We're getting ready to start, you know, tapping the grassroots and getting them going to fight 520 here in the next couple of weeks. So, mm. um, the freedom caucus will be coming out with, we need you to do this, 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 and this. So, um, get ready, get ready. But no, I think the fight at this moment is in Fulton. Um, and we need to show up. We need to show up really big, really Maybe big Maybe
0: them. we'll get Laura Loomer on again and let her talk about being threatened with mental in- incarceration. That's yeah. actually,
5: that would be great. Yeah. That would be a we, great little segment yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I
2: suspect you're going to have a pretty busy, uh, busy few days at the end of next week. So hopefully I, we can I cross I paths while everybody's there. I, I be, believe it's going to be an exciting time for a bunch of different reasons. So I
5: do too. I do too. I'm looking forward to it, believe it or not. And I went once before, and I never thought I'd say that again. But uh, we've had such a brilliant grassroots takeover that I think it's going to actually be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And then, of right. course, we got Big Daddy coming in. Trump will be there, and mm-hmm. and some other some other of the good guys. So I'm excited to, to hear folks talk. Carrie Lake's shaking it up on Friday night. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun. And yeah, I just think it's going to be like a, for me, you know, I travel the state each week speaking and it's going to be like a family reunion. Cause all my people are going to be there that I've gotten to connect with all over the state. So it was That's so good. fun saying, see you at convention, see you at convention. So it's going to be awesome. I'm sure. Thank y'all you, y'all
0: Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it.
5: Absolutely. Thanks for take, having me. Y'all have
0: a good take, Sunday. Take care. So, before we close, uh, please check out our NOAA subscriptions, support free media, um, because if we're gone, I mean, there's literally nobody doing what we're doing at the Georgia Record in Georgia that I know of. So, uh, really laying out the issues for the voters and the grassroots and for freedom. So, support our noad subscriptions. Go to Mike Lindell, use promo code CDM, get the sliders, get the best prices he's got with promo code CDM, and we'll see you next week Uh, bill we're going to have a wednesday night we are we're
2: going to have one more convention update prior to the convention and then we'll uh, we'll advise you then how our coverage is, is shaping up for the actual convention itself so
0: great see you wednesday night and then at the convention guys thank you